Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here once again by Chris Zarnick. And it was all set up for yet another storybook finish to a Green Bay Packers season. Aaron Rodgers returning with a realistic shot of going to the playoffs if they were to get three victories. Well, it turns out that the storybook ending isn't always uh, come to fruition. This time, for the first time in many years, the Packers didn't get the magical ending. They lost to the Carolina Panthers 31-24 to in Carolina. And Chris, this is a weird feeling for a lot of Packer fans. So I'm, I'm 30 years old. The last time the Packers have missed the playoffs, which, uh, barring a miracle, they will in 2017. Um, I was 21 years old. George W. Bush was the president. It's been a long time, and this is a weird feeling because while the Packers have had their fair share of heartbreak in the playoffs, in the regular season, every time they needed a miracle, they've gotten it in the last decade, and for the first time, that's not going to happen. I feel very much the same way. I was actually having a conversation with my brother-in-law, Dan. Who, uh, who's a Viking fan, of course, and so I've had uh, been able to rib him for about a decade, and he's gently giving it to me back uh, <laughs> this year as the Vikings are a pretty darn good football team this year. And, um, you know, we, we almost got so used to the fact that the miracle was going to happen, we forgot they were miracles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought that we were just destined by the fact that there's a G on the side of the helmet that no matter what happens, the storybook ending comes here. And so, um, you know, and it's hard for me. Listen, I, I went through a lot of lean years, but I, I've been right there with you for the last 25 years with literally uh, or, or at least close to the best quarterbacks for 25 years that, that, that are playing in the league at any given time. And um, it's very odd. We're playing out the string. Yeah. Um, and, and we haven't really had this feeling since, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe Ray Rhodes a little bit. So, yeah. so much uncertainty that, that you know that there's good in there, but you're not really sure about the leadership. Yeah. And, and you can change players, but it's a much bigger deal to change leadership. And um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sitting in the boardroom with them, but it, it certainly seems like we're, the winds of change will be blowing this, uh, this offseason. Yeah, the Ray Rhodes comparison is really good. And playing out the string is a weird thing for the Packers to be doing because I have been watching football since 1994, and this will be the fifth time that they – I'm sorry, the sixth time that they've missed the playoffs – um, and somebody might check me on my math, but I believe it's the sixth time. And in 1999, in 2000, in 2006, they were eliminated on the final day of the season. Right. So they didn't play many irrelevant games outside of Rogers' first year and then Mike Sherman's last year. And so this is a weird feeling, but the Ray Rhodes one is perhaps a better comparison to uh, to to draw from than some of those other years where... Um, in 2005, Brett was shockingly only a year older than Aaron Rodgers is right now. Yeah, right. He seemed so old, um, but you know Rodgers is getting up there too. But it, it felt like you were going to have a big regime change. You had a new general manager. You had drafted a quarterback in the first round. So you knew the future was near. And in 2008, the team wasn't performing well, but they were in every game. And Aaron Rodgers was 25 years old and had proven throughout the 6-10 and 10 season, this guy's legit, and we didn't expect him to be what he's become. Come, but he certainly was going to keep them in the mix. And so right now it's a weird feeling because like the Ray Rhodes year, you feel like you need to change things, but you have guys on this team who have won Super Bowls, right. who have been to the playoffs right. a number of times. So what do you do? Doing nothing seems insane, but doing anything drastic seems almost equally insane. Well, I, you know, I, I think there when we lose those, those uh, playoff berths on the last game of the season, you know you're good. 
I mean, yeah. I, you know, at, 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 a, at a base level, you go, well, we've got Favre, we've got Rodgers, or, you know, you have the craziness of 14, of course, against Seattle, and you're just like, well, we deserve to be there, right? We, we, something bad happened, and we yeah. really deserve to be here, and we kind of felt cheated. We're not cheated this year. No. I, I think, I think uh, Bill Parcells famously said, you are what your record is. Yeah. And in this case, we don't have the backup quarterback genius behind our starting quarterback. I mean, before, we didn't know exactly what we had in Aaron Rodgers. But what we knew was that, you know, okay, so this far thing is going to end eventually. We can see the end of it. But, you know, we kind of have this thing tucked away in our pocket, and we think it's pretty good. We don't have anything close to that now. We, You know, um, if you had to go – would you really go into next year with the exact same backup quarterbacks that you had this year, knowing what you know now? I don't know. And then the question is, you know, is our defense any good? <laughs> and the age-old question. It's it's the age-old question, and and I, my question continues to be, as it's been through this whole time, is you know, is it players or is it scheme? And uh, I'll tell you, yesterday was very frustrating. First of all, the scheme. Well, I'm sure we'll get to all of this. But yeah, the yeah, scheme on defense bothers me, but. Uh, we have we have super polite players on our defense, yeah. and um, we you know we don't want to we don't want to hit anybody really. Uh, we don't really want to we don't want to pick a ball off like Haha Clinton Dix is thrown directly to him. He looks dead at it. He's playing he basketball to, defense out there. He's like uh, um, you need something needs to get blown up, and so it's got to be one of the head leadership. It's you know it's either going to be offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, or the um, uh, you know, or the head coach. I don't think it's going to be the head coach. And uh, Edgar Bennett is, you know, I, I don't think you can blame him. So yeah. um, I'm just really, I'm really concerned. You know, mm-hmm. if Spriggs mm-hmm. is our backup mm-hmm. and he's on roller skates with hinges mm-hmm. um, and that's our second round, we just, we're not reloaded. That's all. No, and we've had this discussion on uh, Twitter amongst um, myself and, and some of our, our longtime fans. Uh, Corey Bend said on Twitter yesterday that, uh, he didn't think that major change was going to be coming. And I mean, you, with some of these wins, the defense plays awful, but then they sort of buck up at the end and keep you in the game. You had that same thing yesterday. You turn, you lost the turnover differential by four and you had a chance to win the game at the end. So you can see a scenario where they're sitting around. The coaches all have Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. Dom Capers, you know, he's, he's had a rough, last several years, but certainly he's been successful in the league. Uh, maybe not as successful as, as his reputation would suggest, but it, I could see it being hard for those guys to get rid of Dom because they can look at the positives rather than the negatives. And yes, you have to say that the injury to Aaron Rodgers drastically changed sure, this season. Sure, of course. However, in the four games he won, he had to come from behind in three of them. So, and last year, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers playing pretty well, they started the season four and six and needed a miracle to come back. The prior year, they needed a Hail Mary to get to 10 wins and they needed two Hail Marys to lose an overtime game in the playoffs. They have had their fair share of miracles and the best they can do is a 10 win season. And this year, they were lucky that they got some scheduling towards the back end of the season. You were able to beat the Bears and Bucks and Browns, uh-huh. some of the worst teams you'll ever see. And give yourself the illusion that you're a good, tough football team. I'm, I'm with you. I think McCarthy should stay because he managed to keep this team's head high when they were getting mm-hmm. blown out by mediocre yep. teams. But I don't know how you could sit in a defensive meeting and let Dom Capers give you your game plan when every time you've played a quarterback that's halfway decent, they tear you to shreds Yeah, I, for a decade. There's nothing for a decade. That's a really good point. 
you know, from the world of business, just like in the world of football. So you look at John Dorsey. He, he gets hired in, uh, as the Browns general manager, right? What's the very first thing he did? He, he cut Kenny Britt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you, 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 whenever you have new leadership and you want change, unfortunately, in business, just like in football, one of the very first things you do is fire somebody who's high profile. Yeah. And it's basically to say, nobody's safe. I want to make sure I have your attention here. And, um, but who would be that guy in Green Bay? Because Ted's not going anywhere. No, no. That's what, I'm, that's what has to be Dom. It just has to be yeah. Dom. Because Edgar Brennan, frankly, isn't high profile enough. I mean, he doesn't good. have enough. He doesn't have a big enough role. He's called the exactly. offensive coordinator. Exactly. It's it's a fake title, like I think we've that's talked probably about. True. Um, so I th- I think it's one of those things where you have to get some people's attention, and you know th- there are going to be big changes. What do you do with Clay Matthews? Yeah. What do you do with um, uh, Jordy Cobb. Cobb? What do you do with jo- you know you've got thirty million dollars, and you've got to pay Aaron Rodgers. You got thirty million dollars in people who make a play every third game. <laughs> um, I-, I think there's going to be plenty of movement. Just just watch, and and um, you know I-, I think you start losing the locker room yeah. because you know we just. One last time, I'm just going to tell you, nothing changed. We yeah. rushed. We're 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 down our top three cornerbacks, and we still don't. We still blitz. Or we still have two down linemen, and we have two outside linebackers who can't get home. And so we go. Well, we're going to drop more men in coverage, which yeah. we've been doing. Nothing changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I hope they do take that aggressive approach. But I guess at this point, with these are the same problems we've talked about at the year-end show all six seasons of Green and Gold Forever. Yeah, that says something, doesn't it? So trying to uh, – I agree with everything you're saying, but I need to see it before I believe oh, it's I, going I, to happen. I, I think, you know, if you if you listen to Jim Rome, if you – I mean, you know, the, the, the nation is calling for <laughs> Don Capers. And so uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure who he has pictures or secrets on. but um, and, and sometimes it's just time, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go, well, if we just play this a little bit better, you know, um, then, then, you know, we're almost there. Well, you can't be almost there for a decade. Yeah. And, uh, and again, my fear more importantly, cause everyone's talking about Dom Cameron, but, but if you lose the locker room, if you lose some of your defensive, if you lose Mike Daniels, yeah. if you lose uh, Blake Martinez, uh, if you lose, um, Burnett, yeah. Uh, now you start having a defense that believes that they're just it's okay. Yeah. To let somebody score thirty, and that's you know that's never championship defense. Yeah, and those are the guys that you risk losing because they don't have championships. Right. I mean, it's hard to remember that there are only a few guys left on this team that actually won a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, you think of the Ray Rhodes year that feels like eons after the Super Bowl championship team. They're twice as close on the timeline to the Super Bowl 31 champions as this Packer team is to the 2010 champions. Wow, that's fascinating. You're exactly right. I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday. It's a long time ago now. I mean, the, the, the Packers winning in... 2010 is as close to we are now as they were to the you know Tom Brady or or, or even the John Gruden Bucks Super Bowl. I right, mean, right. a lot of time has passed, and they they have to find a way to get those guys to. Uh, um, I, I don't know because if you lose them, especially if you lose a guy like Mike Daniels, gosh, that could get ugly fast. Oh my gosh, and um, you know we we don't have we don't have many. Uh, Really, really bad men on defense. I mean, we have yeah. some very polite tacklers, and we have people who, you know, don't want to inconvenience people when they're running the ball by trying to tackle them. Yeah. Um, and and more importantly, if you're the offense, like, 
you know, you can lose the offense. Now, here's here's the bigger issue. Forget about the defense. We've got an amazing, for the first time in years, really good one-two punch at running back. We threw the ball 45 yeah. times yeah. yesterday. McCarthy is so in love with the pass. And and Aaron was – listen, he was 81% Aaron yesterday because yeah. both of the interceptions he threw were just underthrown. Yeah. Both of them are touchdowns if he throws them another yeah. five yards out, but he doesn't. They're both interceptions. Yeah. And he actually had a third one. It was his first – only his second – or I'm sorry, it, uh, it's first three interception games since 2009, and I think his fourth in his career. Wow. Um, so, so so when that's the case, and, and you know, uh, Williams was running the ball pretty well, mm-hmm. but the runs that, that Aaron Jones was having, oh, my gosh. Like, when's the last time you saw a burst like that yeah. in green and gold? Yeah. And, and, you know, I see the way they use McCaffrey. And so, you know, you should be using Aaron Jones the exact same way, right? Draws, flares, those kind of things. So we see what it should look like. But for whatever reason, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to put it on our receivers, mm-hmm. even though that's exactly what the defense is going to try and take away from us. Nobody is going in to say, we've got to stop the run against the Packers. Well, I think some of the speculation, um, I believe Bob McGinn talked about this. There's been some other places that speculated that, Part of the imbalance between the run and pass is that now that Aaron's back, obviously McCarthy's going to want to force the ball down the field a little bit more, but also Aaron gets more run-pass options. Going back to that defensive argument, losing the offense, losing the cohesiveness of your team, it's hard to believe it, it how can you be Aaron Rodgers and sit on the sideline and watch that defense and not get into this mindset that I need points and I need them now I need them right and fast yes yep. it, exactly so that could be you know I I like Mike Daniels I wish that he was as good of a player as he thinks he is <laughs> because the guy talks and talks and you feel like he doesn't make a huge impact, but you heard him um, with the bravado this week once Aaron Rodgers was back that everybody knows we maybe would have lost one other game if that had Aaron Rodgers been here. And then seeing the way that defense played yesterday, Aaron needed to play better, but 31 points is not automatic right. in the NFL, even for an Aaron Rodgers-led team. <laughs> right, exactly. And Carolina's done some nice things this year on offense, but you know it's almost in Colin Kaepernick t- territory how much better Cam Newton looks against the Dom Capers defense than he looks against almost everyone else. That's, that's the point, really, is, is if, you can, if, if everybody who's a good thrower lights you up, now it has to be the scheme, doesn't it? Right, because if if you can shut down yeah. bad quarterbacks, then you have the physical capability. Yeah. But now it's the scheme of the offense because to be a good quarterback, you have to have good scheme, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so the, the scheme of the offense beats the scheme of the defense, which means you you listen. You can either drop people in coverage or you can rush the passer. That's it. Yeah. Well, we have chosen over and over and over and over to drop more people in coverage to the tune of the what twenty third, twenty fourth rated pass. Yeah. Defense. If that, yeah, it's pretty bad. So um, anyway, we, we we shouldn't beat a dead horse because I think we're talking about what a lot of people are talking about. My concern really is I'm not sure if we're special anymore. I, I, yeah. I think we, we've been able to say the Green Bay Packers are special for 20 years or 25 years. I'm not sure we're special. Yeah, and um, I guess it, relative. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender anymore. And um, every time they have a season-ending loss in the last few years, I immediately go back to January of 2015 in Seattle, and that's where my head was yesterday. And it felt like a bit of this team died in that game. Yeah. And they've had to 
They've needed every miracle, and they've needed every bit of grit they have just to get back to the playoffs. Never mind contending. They did some nice things. They won a game out in Dallas, but they were (laughs) Dallas was as close to the championship as they were the way the Packers played in the NFC Championship game. They didn't have a prayer to win that game. They were dominated from the opening kickoff. And, yeah... I'm, I don't think you can go back and just try to – this team that they tried to preserve after 2015, keep it intact as possible, it's not going to get there. It's never going to be 2015 again, no matter what you try. Right. It's time to take a new approach, and I just talking about the defense. Is it players? Is it scheme? Every week I seem to change my mind. At this point, I'm tired of asking the question, even if it's wrong to get rid of Dom – and maybe we get to this point in week eight next year and we're like, wow, these players do stink. Yeah, it turns well, out it wasn't this game. Then we know. Right. We at least have a new data point instead of sitting here banging our heads against the wall for a decade hoping that somehow they figure out how to stop Drew Brees and Cam Newton and whoever else. And remember, you know, uh, so Clay is 30. Yeah. Jordy's 30. Yeah. I think they both might be older than that. Right. Um, Burnett's got to be coming close. Yeah, he was drafted the year after Clay's. So, so you know, we've been talking about these really great players for the Packers for the last six or seven years. They're all on the downside of their career. And who have they been replaced by? Um, well, HaHa Clinton Dix has uh, done a lot of film study while on the field. Wow. Um, then you have Nick Perry, who... Um, I, I, Did you get I, another boo-boo? He had another boo-boo yesterday, right? 60 it, million, it, our $60 million boo-boo boy. He had two injuries that he played with and then left with a brand new one. And I, you don't. This is a tough game for tough guys, and you don't mean to make light of injuries. But at some point, you look at Nick Perry. You look at a secondary that's been completely decimated by injuries two years in a row. Right. And at some point, I mean, there have been a lot of great players in the history of the NFL that would have been Hall of Famers if they could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to say, there's something in this guy. It's not that he's soft. If he's unlucky, if there's something about his body type. Or the way he plays. Or the I mean, way he plays. You know, the, the way you play, like like people say that, that Nick Perry has what they call heavy hands. In other words, his his hands into the body, in the, in the initial pass rush, into the body of the offensive lineman, he puts a tremendous amount of pressure on his hands because he punches super yeah. hard and he rips super hard. Is that why he's played more games with a club than without in his That's career? That's exactly why. And so, you know, if it were everybody doing it that way, then everybody would have a club on their hand. And it's just <laughs> not the case. So, you know, in some ways, you know, you, you create that that whole stuff and, um, and you're playing outside of yourself. That's when you really get hurt. When you play under control, you don't get hurt. When you play aggressive, you don't get hurt. Uh, but, um, you know, it, and why is it always after people get paid? <laughs> yeah, I, I, know. I don't know how else to say it. it. There's no nice way of saying it. Everybody goes soft after they get paid. Well, and and that was the risk, though, last year, that he had never played a complete season. Yep. When he's played, he's played pretty well in the last couple of years, but it just isn't enough. And there's just so many of those types of decisions. It it looks like an organization that's slowly slipping slipping away. It it felt like the last few years watching the Cowboys after like 1995, yeah. when they still had all of those guys, but for whatever reason, Aikman was banged up. He'd get back, and Emmett would get banged up, and then they'd both get back, and Irvin would get suspended, and then they'd get the defense would fall apart. It just they could never put it back together. Dion would always be injured. Then there'd be grumbling. And you had all the same guys, and you could see why 
the front office and the coaching staff would look at it and be like, well, we still have, why can't we just be what we were before? It's because these teams, you're seeing it with Seattle. Your elite time is a very small window. You got about three years of elite time. And when it's gone, it is gone. It It is gone forever. And, and I think they've reached that point. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're just a couple of fans. We see the same flaws, but the solutions are not quite as apparent. Well, And I don't see the people behind them. So that's the other thing is you should be reloading on the backside when yeah. you say, okay, listen, some of our stars are 30 years old. We got to start start drafting to, uh, you know, because they're not going to be here forever. I mean, I mean, Beagle might be the fill in for Clay. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Uh, and he, by the way, he had a couple of uh, pretty good pass rush moves, had a couple of, uh, couple of spin moves in. He's going to be all right. TJ Watt's going to be a, yeah. a better linebacker, I think, still. Um, but, but I, uh, simply because of aggression and, and probably working out with his brother, I'm guessing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like who's who's backing up Burnett, right? Yeah. Who's the who's the? I just I don't see the plan. That that's the thing that bothers me the most is it's like we're gonna do really well if these guys play well. Yeah. Well, if they don't, then what's the plan? Well, I think the plan has been we're going to draft good players and we're going to continue this assembly line of draft and develop. And these guys aren't developing. They've tried that's to replace right. those guys. Yeah, there you go. I mean, how many bad choices? Yeah, they've made how many. Outside linebackers and how many defensive linemen, how many defensive backs have they brought through here? And there have been some nice players, but nobody's been as good as Tremont Williams at his peak. Right, nobody's right. been as good as Clay Matthews. You, few and far between to replace guys on the uh, the defensive line. And and the people that are that good, they let go. Casey Hayward, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Micah Hyde, Micah Hyde. And so that's the thing that's more frustrating. And again, it's it's easy to see the holes with this team. But how to fill them is, you're at this situation, and that's what makes it so perplexing. The Ray Rhodes situation is, we can stay at this level as long as we want with Aaron Rodgers. And part of me would be like, well, maybe you just take your chances on the year that you're the one team that's healthy and and things fall your way. But Ted hasn't done his part. Dom hasn't done his part. McCarthy hasn't done his part. But you could do much, much worse than these guys. So are you willing to take that leap? Uh, we're go- Let's go old school for a second. Forrest Gregg in 1985 saw I have a team that can go 8-8 eight and eight every year, and if things bounce a certain direction, they can go 10-6 and six and go to the playoffs. Yep. That's not good enough for me. Let's take the chance that we can get better. He brought in all new players. He brought in a new quarterback. He brought in some new people on the staff, and they stunk. They were abysmal after that. And it took them... What, until Mike Holmgren to even get back to a team that could win eight games? Sure. And so there's that there's that risk, and that's why, to me, it's so interesting, and I'm glad I'm not the one making those decisions because I think everybody thinks that, well, you have Aaron Rodgers. Why don't you switch out Dom Capers? Maybe you get Ted Thompson to retire. That's fine. You could get better, but you could very easily, perhaps more likely, get much, much worse. Well, well, let's, but but let's, look at, let's look at the model that does work. Let's look yeah. at the Patriots. They rent players yeah. for a year. Yeah, but and, the Patriots are, to me, that that's like saying, like, why don't you just be the Bulls with Michael Jordan? I mean, they're so different than anybody well, in the history okay, of the league. But their model for bringing in players is is very different, right? We rent players yeah. who used to be good for one year, and yeah. then we let them go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, but it's I, also the same model that the Washington Redskins used to go six and ten for the entire two thousand decade. Yeah, but no, no, they went on, they went out and paid one guy a hundred million dollars when nobody was making that kind of money, and then they sunk the rest of the team because they had no money to spend, and yeah. they kept oh, oh, they 
they're all old players, but they're but they're they're role players. So yeah. We're trying we're trying to get the superstar player that's going to change the team. They had all kind of role players. Look at the uh, you know look at the running back that's uh, that New England has. Uh, Where did he come from? He came from is it Nebraska? Um, yeah, it's some school that can't get over the hump. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, no, they, they just—they're forever but putting in old players in that yeah. place, and but they always have. So, so, so follow me here. Yeah, they I always am. have a shutdown corner. Yeah, they always have a rush linebacker, right? And yeah. they always have a, a, a game-breaking wide receiver. Yeah, because they have to surround Tom Brady with those three things. Yeah. to make sure that he can win. Yeah, where are ours? Well, I mean, Devontae Adams is a game-breaking wide receiver. They they haven't had a tight end in years. Yeah. I, I think – and I, I get what you're saying. You could borrow from the Patriots. But I I think the Patriots model has been so strange. Like, there's been so many teams that – Miami for years. There's been a lot of teams that have tried to that model, and it hasn't worked. If you look at the other teams that have been – Denver has been successful mm-hmm. at that recently. But you look at – the Packers are homegrown. The Seattle Seahawks are homegrown. Pittsburgh is almost completely homegrown. I mean, you, you have a lot of those draft and develop teams, but you got to hit on your picks. Well, and if you're draft and develop, the, you, you have to pay all these people if they develop, which yeah. means that you're going to come to a ledge at some point as they all get gold together. Yeah. They all get rich and old together, yeah. which guarantees that on the other side of that, yeah. you got five years of mediocrity as you try and draft and develop again the nfl is not designed for you to do what the packers have done i think that's true i think that the the i hate to put this much praise on belichick and brady because they just they drive me insane but i think bill belichick as a coach general manager vince lombardi is the only one in the history of the league that's in his league at this point and three uh i mean yeah Yeah. listen i dislike the patriots yeah because i think they cheat and I, i think they you know all that kind of stuff but at some point, you, you know, you can you can ridicule all the mud. At some point, they're eleven and three again, yeah. and they just have all these different players that they brought in for one or two years, and then they cut them after two years. Yeah. There's a jigsaw puzzle there. That's what Belichick does really well. Here's the jigsaw puzzle. Here are the pieces we're missing. We're not making a commitment to him for the next five yeah. years. You know, we're we're gonna go. We're gonna do. Uh, you know, we're gonna rent a a date, a, a beautiful model date, and a Ferrari for yeah. our cl- ten year class reunion. And then the next morning, we're gonna give them back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our lifestyle. Yeah, but they, you know, they serve the purpose at the time. And that was kind of the Ron Wolf model in the mid nineties. That sure. my core was drafted, but I plugged all the holes with sure. free agents. And I mean, look at a team like Jacksonville. They've been at the tops of the drafts for years now, and luckily for them, they've hit on almost everybody. Right. But what has made the difference? This team is an elite passing defense because they drafted one guy mm-hmm. and put AJ Bowie on the other side. There you go. That, you know, th- this is not hard. If you have your quarterback, you need a game-breaking wide receiver, yeah. a pass rusher, and you need a shutdown corner. There, yeah. there you go. Yeah, and, and they had their shutdown corner, and he had to retire. And then their receiver, hopefully Devontae Adams is the hit. They haven't been able to get the sure. pass rusher. Um, I will argue on the point that you say it's easy, because I think we both are in complete agreement with what the problems are, but we have somewhat of a variance in how you can solve them. I think philosophically you can get close to a consensus, but then you got to make the people work. I mean... Well, that, yeah, that's true. So... so uh that's what makes you keep coming back to scheme because you have you have some people coming in over and over. You, you would think that it, as you saw huge changes in personnel, you would see huge changes, better or worse, if the scheme stayed the same, right? Yeah. Because that's that's the variable. Yeah. Well, now we see 
you know, players good and bad come through, and the result is exactly the same, which yeah. points to scheme. So, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, I think I think we wouldn't get a lot of argument from our fans um, saying, you know, we're, we're just tired of wasting uh, these these years with these great quarterbacks. And with the end in sight and nobody there to reload it, although we will probably have a top 15 draft choice this year. Yeah, it would be interesting to see where they end up because, you know, if you finish 9-7, and seven, you could be in the 20s perhaps. I mean, you could be one of the latest picks for non-playoff participants. Sure. 7-9 and nine could bump, bump you up a little bit higher, and then tiebreakers cause a whole other issue. Um, so... I mean, we're just a couple of fans trying to figure it out. So we went all over the place there, which is fine. I hope it was good discussion. I felt like it was, listening to it back. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that I wanted to talk about. So Aaron Rodgers struggled yesterday. Um, he threw three interceptions, two by underthrowing balls. One looked like either a poor decision or one where he didn't quite have the zip that he uh-huh. hoped he would have. So it's easy to say that that was due to rust, and it potentially could have been. The thing that's concerning for me, though, is he seemed to have no fear of getting hit. He ran. He was, he threw outside the pocket. He didn't seem to be concerned that that shoulder was going to be in any danger if he took contact. At least that's the way he played. And so then to see his throws be that underthrown, to have that little zip, am I paranoid for being somewhat concerned that his arm strength has been affected by what's happened. Well, of course it does. You, you put it in a sling for that long, your, your muscles atrophy. But permanently. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's permanent. I, two things happen when you have a leave, especially in a, in a quarterback thing. So first of all, the, the biggest thing that happens when a quarterback is off is you forget game speed of your receivers. So practice speed for receivers is one thing. I'll never forget when I was the quarterback coach for the, for the force – we had running back, or we had wide receivers that I could literally drop back and take a like a five step drop, and throw it as far as I could, and I and and I you know mm-hmm. at the time pretty good arm right so <laughs> yeah. fifty five yards in the air I couldn't out out throw the receivers wow like literally I was throwing it as quickly as I could after a five step drop as far as I could, and they could go get it. Well, what happens is you know you're kind of playing around at 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 uh, you know practice speed. Game speed's different. Game speed speed's another, you know, two full strides yeah. out farther than they are, and that's what you saw. You saw practice throws at game speed, and that's why they ended up on because when you're 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 scared to death of underthrowing them, or I'm sorry, overthrowing them, which is the exact opposite thing because yeah. we used to say all the time, if you're long, you can't be wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> so if you throw it too long and nobody gets it, okay, totally fine. Yeah. Um, so it looked like, and, and I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Um, it's just you see it in one game. He's got 13 screws and a plate in his arm. How do you play him? I like, how well do you play him the rest of this. Where's the where's the upside? How does this story end? Just anybody. How does this story end well if Aaron Rodgers plays? If they win two, they get, they get worse draft choices. If he gets hurt, how in the world are you going to explain that away? You're you're giving away two more games for your yeah. backup quarterback. To, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but I think that if the risk of him getting injured was not greater than, like, ridiculously greater than normal, I think it's worth the risk. He's getting, he's later in his career. Once Carson Wentz went down, the NFC field is kind of wide open. I know we saw yesterday that this defense doesn't have what it takes, but it's not hard to believe, seeing what Aaron did earlier in the season, that they might have a chance. And, 
you know, I, I think you're, you're seeing that kind of with the college players that are sitting out the bowl games is once you get into that, well, is it worth risking the injury? Well, I know they're getting paid in the NFL, so it's a little bit different. But when do you get to a point where, well, we're five and eight, so sit down, Andy Dalton. We have too much invested. You know, I... I th- well, I think you, you have do a that chance when he has a broken collarbone. I I know I you know. know you don't do that when he's perfectly healthy. But but the fact is, those plates are going to be there forever. Yeah. So if you're worried about that, retire. No no no. no. Uh, but, but see, remember the scan showed that that it's eighty percent healed. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent healed. Which means that by next year, it's a hundred percent healed and it's a much stronger thing. And he's he's that clavicle or that that collarbone is stronger than it was when he started. Yeah, I'm just saying, like some. Uh, uh, and I'm open here. I yeah. really am. I, I know I'm a strong opinion guy. Somebody tell me the upside of Aaron Rodgers playing the last two games. Because if you're Aaron Rodgers, your entire career has been defined by you trying to prove to people you're as tough as Brett Favre. Okay. The, I mean, the way he's been with everything. Tore his shoulder in like his third start and did not... It, couldn't raise his arm the whole game and came in and played because he wants people to know that even though he misses games because he's been injured, Favre got hurt a lot but mm, never injured, right. I think it matters to him that people think he's tough. Well, then, then I guess we'll find out if Aaron runs the team or if Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy run the team. I think they all think just, they run the team. Just, be, just because Aaron wants it. Like it's a yeah. teenager. Just, you know, I, I, want a, I want a Porsche. Well, good for you. Yeah. But what you're going to get is a 78 VW Bug. You know, so, so – uh, uh, I just, I'm really, um, you know, at some point you shut them down. Yeah. And um, listen, I am not for tanking in the least. Yeah. Like if he was totally healthy and he wasn't, you would never sit him down. But yeah. I, anyway, you, you have my opinion. And yeah. I, 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 th- I think it's, it's my a- opinion, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, as could I. Um, I. I think Rodgers, it sounded like he was really lobbying to, to go in. So I think at some point, maybe as you're the coach, if Rodgers really wants to do it, give him a chance. You, you'd still have a shot to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I know you have to be smarter than the player, but there's some weird power dynamics in there where, you know, do you want to be the coach that has Aaron Rodgers on ice even though he thinks you can go and then you go 5-11 and 11 or something? You know, there's there's a lot of people that are seeing the same writing on the wall that we are yeah. and that this thing's going to fall apart soon and I don't want to have my head on the chopping block. Including Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a lot of people, including Corey Bend, we'll get to his comment, that think Aaron Rodgers should walk. That this organization is never going to be built back up to what he is, and he should go somewhere else to finish his career. To, to win to win a championship somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I wish I could disagree with him. I, 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 if we're seeing this, can you imagine what, what Aaron Rodgers is seeing in the locker room? Yeah. He's, you know, he sees the, people, the players in practice, and... He's watching from the sidelines, dissecting everything on the defense, and he's the one getting hit when our offensive line isn't good enough. Yeah. So I got the whole loyalty thing, but, um, you know, sometimes if it looks like a duck and it walks <laughs> like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And Well, it- here's another thing, though, that makes me think that that's an unlikely scenario is that the chip on Roger's shoulder. He's got his championship. Right. Everybody's already saying that he's the Dan Marino to Brady's Montana, that mm. the only reason Montana had five rings, or I'm sorry, four rings, and, and Marino had none was because of teammates, mm. that in a vacuum they're the same guy. Okay. People are saying that about Brady, I think at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, and, and maybe he could change his mind. But he seems like the kind of guy that says, I have my Super Bowl, I have my MVPs, what's left for me to do? To prove to everybody I'm not Brett Favre. Yeah, it, I will play okay. on 4-12 and 12 teams because I'm not that guy who took his ball and went home because things got too tough for him. All right, I'll buy that. I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't think it makes 
uh, it doesn't make strategic sense, no. but, but it's, it makes an awful lot of emotional sense. And as a leader, yeah. here's the other thing. If you want to keep the locker room for next year, yeah. Aaron Rodgers plays simply because he said, you know, guys, I'm going to put you on my shoulders. You know, don't make me do it all by myself, but you can trust in me. I don't, I don't know who else you can, you know, you, we can absolutely bet on every game, but you can bet on me. So I got that. Well, I don't think Aaron Rodgers leaving and winning another championship for Baltimore or, or Corey Ben was saying for Jacksonville. I don't think that makes a lot of people nationally say, well, he's now he's better than Brady, or now he's better than no, Peyton Manning. I, I completely agree. But what is definitely within reach is him bumping Brett Favre in the Packer hierarchy <laughs> for greatest win players. Win a second Super Bowl, right? And, and, and Favre's got one, yeah. one win, and he'll, he'd have two. And... Even if he doesn't win a second Super Bowl, if he just plays his whole career here, yeah. I think in a well, lot of people's minds, yeah, yeah, he replaces Favre. Even if he goes 8-8 eight and eight for the next five years, I think if he finishes here... In a lot of people's minds, he's ahead of Favre oh, we in Packers sure, absolutely, history. Because he's, he's loyal to the team right till the very end. And, yeah. Okay. So hopefully none of that stuff comes for a while. But uh, now, as far as the short term, what do you do with Rodgers for the rest of the year? I, if he's running the team like you suspect, it's going to be hard to keep him out of that Minnesota game <laughs> because I know he wants to play them. So, you know, I have this, this uh, odd fantasy for the game with Minnesota. Uh, do you remember the movie The Longest Yard? Uh yeah okay so so remember remember what uh, the quarterback did to the linebacker who was beating him up he threw the ball really hard and <laughs> so I'm just thinking I I just have this fantasy that they let Barr come free and, and Aaron just unloads him right into his gut you know yeah uh I don't know how you keep him out of this one because I think he's got a real chip on his shoulder because because if he doesn't go out I mean think about it, if he doesn't go out. We probably have at least three more wins. Yeah, you, you'd guess. Yeah, and so he's looking at at Barr in Minnesota and saying, "Man, you cost us. You really cost us." And he could send them to a first round playoff game with the way the Rams are playing. Yeah, right. And with the way the Eagles are playing, I, I mean, he could cost them home field advantage by beating them. And people are worried about the Vikings taking a cheap shot. Well, Aaron can't hurt him now. He's not going to the playoffs. Right. A loss is not going to mean a whole heck of a lot for the Vikings. And this is the thing that I think people don't understand when they think about that tit-for-tat kind of things that, well, you have to put your multimillionaires on offense back on the field once you take a cheap shot at Aaron. And not only do you have to do it against the Packers, you have to do it against all other teams who, sure. you know, they watch those games. Sure, and absolutely. you've heard guys over the years, um, one of the most famous examples is ex-giant Jim Burt playing for the San Francisco 49ers, took a low hit at Jeff Hostetler in the NFC Championship game, hyperextended his knee, and at the time the defense thought that they had taken out now their backup quarterback and ruined uh-huh. everything for us. And you said, Carl Banks has said, he's like, nobody said anything, but we all looked at each other and say, if you got the opportunity, do it. Take him out. And you see it, it it's... Montana's rolling out. He tries to sidestep Lawrence Taylor, and it would be a hit that's probably illegal today. But Leonard Marshall puts his helmet right in Montana's back and pancakes him, and Montana didn't throw another pass for two years. Yeah, wow, that's uh, it. It makes you wonder, especially like like think of uh, you know Davis's hit on Devonte Adams. Yeah. You know, By the way, not, I'm not condoning what uh, Leonard Marshall did if no, he no, meant no, to I, hurt I, you know, Joe there's Montana. A code, there's a code. There's absolutely a code. They're in a different world during the game. Right. And, and so I was thinking, you know, we haven't really talked about the Devontae Adams hit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I heard somebody on the radio today saying, player safety, you got to be kidding me. You want the NFL to take care of player safety? How about players take care of player yeah. safety first? And if and and now before targeting, if you're just going to get suspended and fined, yeah. so, so at a, take this to the nth degree, after that kind of hit, why don't the Packers just go after after uh, 
Cam Newton yeah. and hit him in the head after he throws the ball every play. Oh, yeah. you're going to get fined. Okay, well, you're not going to get thrown out. So, okay. Yeah. It it just it 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 turns into chaos. It's anarchy if you don't if you don't change it. So, I'm off track again. You you get Bengals Steelers league wide. Exactly right. You get Vontez perfect giving and Vontez perfect taking. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, if you're if, listen, they've got a great rule in college. The yeah. targeting rule is you 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 have to take a guess about uh, intent, but. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, like the guy's not looking. You stick the top of your helmet in his ear hole, and he says, oh, it was an accident. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and he was trying to talk to Rodgers after the game, and if a face said a thousand words, Aaron Rodgers is like, dude, get away from me. You're lucky that I'm my size, because if I was your size, I'd you'd be, be in big you. trouble. And that's the thing that is – I was furious. When they when Geronimo Allison fumbled the ball yeah. and they lost, yep. I was like, ugh. And throughout this game, I get irritated, and I talk it about the volume I was now. I was so angry when uh, – because that happened to Devontae again. I think that he deserves a huge contract, and he's going to get it. But also, he's had three concussions in 14 months. earlier in the year. Trevathan earlier this year. He had a concussion near the end of last year. And so there's that aspect of it that's really scary. And so I was just so furious. And then you see – uh, Davis sitting on the the bench and he's got his head in his hands and he's like oh yeah. and then on Twitter today he's like I'm sorry I didn't mean to do it and I give them a little bit of leeway because those guys to be a defensive player in the National Football League your brain is not wired the way yours and mine right, are right I think that's true and so the thing that bothers me is it's the same Indomitian Sue kind of explanation well I didn't mean to do it I'm just playing hard that's BS say. If he would have come out and say, I didn't mean to hurt you, I was trying to hit somebody, I lost myself in the moment, sometimes you go out there and you play with this reckless abandon that is not the type of person I want to be, I'll try to get better, I'm sorry you got hurt, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to do that in the future. At least to me, that's more honest, because he meant to knock the crap out of Devontae uh, Adams. Goodness, I didn't mean to, which part, was it the launching of your helmet yeah. that you didn't mean, or was it the targeting his head, Yeah. or was it a blindside hit that the NFL's been trying to get rid of? For yeah. Which part of it didn't you mean? Because there were an awful lot of parts that came together. And, and I will just tell you from my experience, those hits, uh, even if you get flagged for them, they excite a defense. Now, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you know, th- those are some of those hits that you, pl- you can play 10 years and yeah. never get the lineup to get exactly that hit. And so you take that shot. Some players will take that shot just to blow them up regardless yeah. of what it – and it, it just sets a tone for – and it changed the game yesterday. It L- did. Listen, it absolutely changed the game. Devontae Adams is playing where Geronimo Allison is on that last drive. Yep, exactly right. So – uh, you know, does does the punishment fit the crime? No, absolutely yeah. not. Actually, they're they're going. You know, they're going to keep their seed in the playoffs, and we're going to be out. And I think this is a a case where you can expect more of guys like Davis. Um, you know, now he has that hit the week before. Michael Bennett has him rolling up on a guard in the uh, the victory formation. So you know, if these are the Walter Payton men of the, men year, of the year, what does that say about the rest of the guys? Yesterday, holy cow, I didn't even realize that. So that's kind of scary. But I think um, we can hold these guys accountable. We should ask for the NFL to change the rule. 
but you also need time because that hit when Thomas Davis began in the NFL would have been shown tonight with Tom Jackson say Devontae Adams got jacked up. You know that's ab- that used to be a segment, right? Jacked yeah. up uh, in the timeline of Thomas Davis's career. That, that's actually true. So you're actually asking them to, to dial it back yeah. from the way they've played for most of their career since they were 15 years old. Yeah. So think of the guys that played with targeting in college. I don't see think you'll see as many of these yeah, I think you're right. It's a, so it's a thing that's going the way of the going the way of the wing tee. Yeah, and hopefully uh, <laughs> sooner rather than later. All right. So what are the uh, we've talked about a lot of different things. Right. Um, so here's a sad thing that if Brett Hundley plays, uh, he only needs 141 passing yards to be the season's team passing leader for the Packers. It would be the first time in 26 seasons, going back to Mike Tomzak in 1991, that either Favre or Rodgers was not the leading passer for the Packers. Wow, that's that's crazy. Uh, but he has two games, right? He needs 141 yards? Yeah. I don't think he's going to get it, so I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> well, it's possible. He's got a couple of 80 burgers. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But let's go to the Facebook page. We've Please. talked about a lot of the big things, and I, I know um, – um, uh, a lot of the, the people have been replying on there. So I just asked the generic, how is everybody feeling um, about the season? Eric Hansen replied, one of our great fans, a few thoughts on the game that hit on Devontae Adams was awful. I just hope he's okay, especially since he's going into an offseason where he'll probably be able to sign a big contract and make some good money. Honestly, it's that type of unneeded stuff that makes it tough to be a fan of this game. Yeah. Uh, number two, it was obvious that Rodgers wasn't 100%. He didn't have that great of a game, but at the same time, I honestly have tons of respect for him for playing through his injury. Even though he wasn't totally healthy, he still came out and gave it everything he had and almost got his team a win. It reminded me of watching games years ago when Favre and White were hurt, but they'd still give it their all to gut it out. Um, you can't help it but have respect for that type of effort regardless of how it turns out. Uh, further, it was also just calming to see 12 back under center again. Um <laughs> To that point, too, as far as the culture change, it's it's weird, and I I feel the same way. I'm so conflicted watching the modern NFL because the hits seem worse and the injuries seem worse. And you think of things like the discussion you and I had. What what benefit could it possibly be for Aaron Rodgers to come out there and try to make this run in the playoffs? And I get it. I totally understand. But then what are some of the biggest highlights of the Holmgren era? Brett playing on an ankle that was so bad that it led to him getting a Vicodin addiction. Reggie White playing the entire playoffs with a torn hamstring. You know, so we glorify all this. And then when the guys who, just like me, grew up watching that try to do it, you know, you talked about Y.A. Tittle bleeding profusely without his helmet. I'm sure he went back in that game. You, Larry Zonka with an L-shaped nose. You know, that kind of stuff was the stuff that you grew up with, I grew up Legends with. Legends come from that. Legends yeah. come from that. And now when these guys want to do that, we say, oh, well, think about I, your I career. I like the fact that Aaron played this game. My, my question is, what, are, what in the world are you doing? There's nothing to play for. I mean, yeah. Reggie played... Because they were still in the playoffs, and yeah. and why Tittle? Uh, I think it's in a championship game, and um, but had they won, there would have been something to play for. Yes, I mean, I mean, they they still could have made the playoffs. I totally agree. So if they yeah. if they had won, then Aaron should play. But now that that's what I'm trying to say. You don't you don't want him to play on Saturday? No, totally no. agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So All maybe right. we were just <laughs> we just missed each other a little. Yeah. Bit. Exactly. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, Eric Hansen continues. Yet another bad game for the defense. It seems like this team's missing the playoffs this year. Now, is there any chance that you think Dom is gone next year? Um, you seem to think yes. I seem to think. I would still say probably a seventy-five percent chance he's back next year. I, I just I, I'm not sure how you sell that. 
to, I'm not sure how you sell that to the players. I don't know how you sell it, but I, I sense they will try. Yeah, I, I still I still think we've said it before, but I still think there's a great way to let him be a defensive special attaché to somebody else and give him a transitional kind of year. But um, boy, if they, you know, you finally have four. I mean, think about it, you really finally have four legitimate defensive linemen, right? Yeah. So you've got uh, Daniels, you got Clark. You've got um, would count Lowry in that Lowry, and then and then eventually you'll have Montrevious Adams, right? So so uh, and then to be rushing to because well, really what you're doing is right. So when you have two down linemen, I, I'm going off again. No, that's okay. But, but two outside linebackers, essentially what you have is a four three, mm-hmm. right? Because you're rushing four, but you're giving up fifty pounds for each two of the, the outside linebackers yeah, who are. Yeah. Where's the benefit of that? Yeah. Especially, by the way, when they won't stay home and they get faked out every single time you do a, a read option. And or a, fall every time Cam Newton gets out of the pocket. That was a rough day for all those guys. Um, where was I in here? Okay, while I'm saddened that the Packers aren't in the playoffs, I'm also somewhat relieved. Let me explain in a sort of the same feeling I had in 1999 after Holmgren left and they just barely missed the playoffs. With both this team and those 90s teams, there was always this pressure of Super Bowl or bust. But now that it seems like they missed the playoffs, I don't have the pressure and I can just watch the playoffs for fun with no rooting interest. I also once had someone explain something to me, something that I'm growing to understand more and more as I get older, which is that if your team won the NFL championship every year, the game would get boring and you wouldn't appreciate those wins. When your team loses, it sucks, but it makes you appreciate those wins even more. Uh, before we get to Eric's last point, I, I appreciate the pers- perspective on that i would love to test that theory in real life before i agree with it um but i do kind of have the same feeling you have in that it didn't feel like this team was really destined for a championship and as much fun as it is to go to the playoffs every year i'm certainly going to miss it once it begins but um you know i I wonder if the players feel that way too that it's it's been exhausting watching this team in the postseason in recent years and now to that it's gotten to the point where I don't think anybody who was honest with themselves really believed that they were going to make this magical run. Maybe you hoped and you wanted to believe until it was impossible, but I don't think that if you were given your own money to bet that you would have put it on the Packers this year. In some years, you know, they were really, really good and they had to squeeze their way in. And you're like, well, I'm glad we're in because we can win this whole thing. You know, show me the person who thought that of yeah. this team. We can win this whole thing. It was really a matter of when they were going to get kicked out of the playoffs, not <laughs> not if. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I can I can kind of understand that. All right, given all the crazy injuries and everything else that's happened in the NFL this year, who do you guys think will be the MVP? Could this be one of those rare years when a non-quarterback wins the award? And I think yesterday confirmed what we've all been thinking for a while, which is that this team has holes that extend beyond just Aaron Rodgers being injured. There have to be some personnel, cultural coaching, and strategy changes made to this team before they're serious contender again uh, we talked about that a lot but we definitely agree mvp who do you got every everybody who's been anointed as a possible mvp immediately gets injured so tom yeah. brady i think is the mvp <laughs> uh boy i sure was on the carson wentz wagon until he got hurt yeah i don't think you can win it uh only playing you know 13 games or something like that i think it probably should be antonio brown if he can come back and play cuz he's, he's unbelievable he is. right he just like like uh everybody knows where they're going and he's still um you know i i, I will tell you it's a really dark horse one for me but 
uh, I'm shocked at how good Jared Goff has yeah. uh, has that team going. I mean, be, and you think, oh, he's too young. Well, wait a second. He's drafted the same year as Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz, who yeah. was the odds-on favorite. And very quietly, did you see what they did to Seattle yesterday? They obliterated them. 42-7. In Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah. So careful, guys. That's a good football team. So um, I'm, I'm going to make the wild card uh, Jared Goff. Okay. And, and I think it'll – I think it'll end up being Tom Brady because I honestly think that most of the Associated Press voters that vote on these awards are incredibly lazy. Oh, and so they open up. Oh, yeah. Pro Football <laughs> Reference says he's got a lot of touchdowns. He's the MVP again. Um, Daniel Johnson says, that game was tough to watch. Uh, Badgers didn't uh, – Rodgers, gosh. My brain's broke today. <laughs> That's what you call hangover. Another right disappointment. Um, Rodgers didn't look like he was ready to come back, but I think – him at what he was yesterday was still better than 100% Brett Hundley. I was upset that we didn't run the ball more, but I understand the feeling of having to pass so much due to not being able to stop Carolina. The three interceptions surprised me. Take away all the turnovers, third down conversions by the Panthers, injuries and plays that Rodgers would want to have back, according to Aikman, which... I he, I don't know how well you could hear where you were watching it, but he must have said that six times. I, I, I couldn't hear it almost at all. Okay. Uh, actually, I was in a really crowded bar. Um, great place, by the way. I, I'm going to plug Anduzi's. Oh, yeah. Really, Love by the way, place. fantastic place to watch football. But I uh, couldn't hear it at all. They did not have a good day. Their return to Packers fans after how many weeks, and they were not on the top of their game okay. yesterday. A lot of lines uh, that Troy would like to have back, I think. Okay. And we would have been good to go. Gosh, I'm reading like I'm in first grade right now trying to find my spot. It's that easy. Davis got suspended two games for that hit on Adams. That hit was completely unnecessary. I don't understand why you guys do this stuff to other players. People's lives are at risk. We still have a shot at making the playoffs. All we need to do is win out. Atlanta loses out, and Seattle and Dallas each finish seven and not, nine and seven or worse. I expect this team to just go status quo and draft some guys and not go after any free agents to beef up the defense. This team will come up with excuses to keep capers. That dude has to retire for us to get rid of him. I can't believe. I am saying this, but I'm kind of hoping Atlanta wins tonight so the Packers are officially eliminated and can really enjoy these last two weeks with no real invested interest. We can sit a Rodgers back down and hope for next year. I have been watching the Packers since 1996. They have played in three Super Bowls, but I always manage to watch most of the playoffs anyways. Sometimes it's more fun when who wins doesn't really matter. Um, I always think I believe that, and then when the Packers get eliminated, it's... It, I think I always get the one because I'm so obsessed with NFL history that I, I'm always expecting um, it to look a certain way. Like the, the, it's got to be the 49ers and the Giants or some of these epic teams, and then you're left with Carolina against Arizona. I'm like, what is this garbage? Well, and, and now think about some of the teams that are making in there. Yeah, uh, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're solidly in. The Rams are solidly in. The Vikings are a good football team. So I, I think what you're seeing is. Teams can be good. I mean, the the 25 years the Packers have been good is a complete anom- anomaly yeah. in the NFL, guys. Just yeah. so remember, like like teams that are super good usually have four or five year runs, and then they fall off a cliff, and then they're bad for. I mean, the Steelers were bad for a while, and, yeah. and Miami was bad before Dan Marino, and and we haven't had that fall off, and so yeah. we're we're almost like we're destined to be great. Yeah. Um. I I think. Uh, we're seeing a real shift of in teams, and that's the way the draft is supposed to work. Yep. Right? You're supposed to get higher draft picks, so your team gets better. You get lower draft choice if you're better, and that means your team goes down. I mean, it's working the way it is. So uh, I think we just have to get used to the fact that it's not going to look like it has the last 10 years, and that's okay. You can have new champions. I, 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 I'm super 
uh, I'm actually super excited for the for the Eagles and the Rams simply because they're two old time teams mm-hmm. and um, for a lot of reasons haven't gotten to where they hope to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I'm okay with it. And, and to be honest with you, I'm so mad when the Packers lose <laughs> that I think it's probably probably good for my relationship with my son and my wife uh, when they're actually out of the playoffs. There you go. Yeah, that, that could help all of us. And I, I am excited about the new matchups. I'm, they tried to hype Steelers-Patriots, and uh, again, I was sitting there thinking, this was the big game my senior year of high school. Right. I'm 30 years old now. Somebody else emerged. Right. And so statistically, Jacksonville is the best team in the NFL. They're a dominant run game. They have by far the best passing passing defense in the NFL. And Blake Bortles has thrown one interception in the last five games. Wow. So if you're looking at a dark horse, a team that could definitely win in Foxborough and in Pittsburgh, they always say your run game and your defense travels. Sure, absolutely. They have no problem playing anywhere. So even though they look really stupid with their dumb helmets, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be on the Jacksonville and the Rams bandwagon. If this season's going to be so stupid for the NFL, why not have two of the worst Just uniforms right in history <laughs> playing each other in the Super Bowl? I remember Blake Bortles was not that, not that long ago that they were going to, they were going to, uh, launch him off the team because he was not the guy. And, yeah, uh, you know maybe it's all coming together. For I him. saw a comment on a website called Football Perspective that said that Blake Bortles is going to Joe Flacco himself this year, <laughs> where he's going to win the Super Bowl, and then what do you do with him from that right, point on? Right, exactly. All right, so let's. Uh, so we're we're at about an hour, so um, we'll get to to Corey's comment and um, let's. Um, what's rapid fire some of these topics that Daniel has for us. Some of them are tongue-in-cheek. Okay. I do have some questions slash additional topics. If a pass falls and no one is there to catch it, is it a penalty on the defense? <laughs> uh, so that's <laughs> that's a good one. All right. That's, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> is it really fair for um, – um, I, I think you're being – I don't know the answer, but it sounds like you're <laughs> – yeah, I like it. Um, is it really fair for five-yard defensive penalties to be automatic first downs? And then also he has, should the NFL have pass interference be a spot foul? It feels like a very stiff penalty on the defense, but if it was not that, I could see how it would be severely abused. Well, okay, so so I believe, and I have for the last five years – that there's one rule that has to change in the NFL, and it's pass interference. Mm-hmm. I think they should just adopt the college rule that there's a maximum of 15 yards. Guys, you have 50-yard plays that change the course of a game that are judgment calls and yeah. can't be reviewed. Yeah. Like, like tell me one other play in an NFL game that's a judgment call that can change it that much and can't be reviewed. Yeah. They've purposely taken that out. So, you know, why wouldn't you throw it up 50 yards and one out of three times you get a pass interference call? And just, you you want to know, you don't know what a catch is? Yeah. What's pass interference? No, I agree. But could you not see a scenario in which, you know, in, in college you have these massive separations when guys are open. Could you not see a scenario in which guys are abusing it in the NFL? And, and so to me, it would add more nuance and it would put more hand uh, more in the hands of the officials. But maybe you have pass interference is 15 yards, but there's a flagrant version where if you're 50 yards downfield and you grab the guy by the neck and rip him backwards, that's a spot fall. Yeah, I... Uh, Okay, I'm just saying uh, I hate the fact that 
the exact same pass interference penalty that would get called in one game. In the next game you watch, yeah. that same afternoon doesn't get called. No. And so and so uh and again, works in college. Yeah. You know, and and to we we just teach cornerbacks that all the time. If you're beat, just grab them. Yeah. You give them a first down, but don't, you know, don't get beat deep. So you ha- you you already have that opportunity yeah. like on double double moves to just just hook them. Yeah. But Mostly, this happens when two people are going up for the ball. Yeah, uh, and I, I got it. When the guy doesn't turn his head, that's a really good yeah. way to call pass interference. But I just think I just don't. I just think you can't have a situation where the game changes on a judgment call that can't be reviewed. So here, here's my solution, and I, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit different than the college game because there's so much less space in the NFL mm-hmm. because they're elite athletes. But to me, I would just de-emphasize pass interference if a guy's playing the ball. Unless he plows through him, right. if he's going in the air and they hit each other, I don't care. Let him play. Yeah, that that would be my solution. Yeah, there you go. And uh, same with the illegal contact. I guess automatic first down, it's fine. There's a philosophy in all of those rules that assume the pass catcher would have caught the ball mm-hmm. in all of these cases. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I don't know how I would replace it. What is a catch? Was that a catch in the New England versus Pittsburgh game yesterday? Should Butch Johnson's catch in Super Bowl twelve have not counted? I'm glad you bring that up, Daniel, because every single one of these situations, I think of Butch Johnson jumping out with his arms stretched, catching the ball, rolling over, dropping it on the turf, and it was the game-breaking touchdown of Super Bowl twelve. It's on every highlight film that features exact, the 70s Cowboys. Yep. And so, to me, I always think of that. I'm like, if it was good enough for Butch Johnson to decide a Super Bowl, then what are we doing messing around with all of this stupid crap? Geronimo Allison's was a catch and fumble, but the Pittsburgh Steelers was a catch. Yeah, so, so if you gain possession... If you gain control over the ball, it's mm-hmm. a catch. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this doesn't have to be super complicated, right? No. If you gain possession, it's a catch, and if you it, and if it you bobble or go, it's a fumble yeah. or it goes out. So, so I think I think they're trying to make they're trying to make like it, it go through this entire such the process of the catch. Jim Rome was saying it today. If it looks like a catch and you have control, yeah. it's a catch. If and you were playing a pickup, happens up- after that, then there are rules for that. Then yeah, it's a fumble or whatever, but. I think they require possession over too long of a period of time. If you were playing a pickup game, that would have been a catch. Yeah, right. I, I completely agree. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that rule is a total mess. I think it's a total abuse of the instant replay system to make these guys be perfect under, you know, slow mo, microscopic conditions. And, and, and let me just say this: I was at the I was at the Des Bryant playoff game against as was the I. Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, not a catch. <laughs> Moving quickly along. All right. <laughs> Is the fumble through the end zone touchback rule bad? I was having the same thought because the Raiders lost on that last night. It's a bad rule. I, I, yeah. I, I hate the rule. I, you know, why wouldn't you just put it back on the one-yard line? Yeah. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. What, what's the equivalent uh, rule anywhere else? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because um, if you fumble it out of bounds in the field of play – I know the end zone's a little bit different. I don't know. It feels like a real severe penalty for something minor, but I think, again, I could go either way on that one. I think these guys got to be smarter and stop trying to be a hero. Right, right. right. Because I, it never I, I works out. play with Carr, and, and he knew, like, as soon as the ball came out and fumbled out, they were watching the screen to see maybe if there was something. Yeah. But it, it was by the rule of the law, uh, by, the, by the law of rule, um, 
it was definitely a fumble and, and a turnover. Yeah, I think guys have to be smarter right now. Uh, does one butt cheek equal two feet? Does it matter which one? Why is that one knee or one butt cheek equals two feet? People who have uh, two people have two of those shouldn't getting both down be necessary to equal two feet? Yeah, that was. That well, was saying a, if you have to have two feet down, you have to have two cheeks. Down well, too. I don't know if you could hear it at Anduzzi's, but that was the conversation verbatim, basically. Really? Okay. All when right. they were trying to determine if that Carolina Panthers score was yep, a, yep. a, a I, touchdown I or not. You're talking about. And so Mike Pereira literally said, "I think that left cheek might have hit before the right cheek, and that might be a touchdown." That was when I had kind of my. I don't know, an existential crisis. Like, people are getting cheap-shotted and injured. Now we're saying, is one cheek, you know, count as two feet? I'm like, what am I? I've wasted every weekend of my life watching this yeah. trash. You know, there was a there was a famous uh, Supreme Court justice that was hearing a case uh, of, of something that was uh, lewd and obscene uh, art. Yeah. And, and his answer was, I don't know what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's the case. Like for catching, out, you know, it looked like a catch. It's a catch. It's. I think we're just going too far. I, I would agree. Um, I don't know what this one necessarily means. Uh, maybe you're referencing probably something that I am not getting. Um, why can a folded index card determine a first down? Why fold the card? Is it really necessary? Also, the placement of where the ball is. Oh, did you see this or not? See I did this? not see. Oh this. my god. Okay, so this is super interesting. This is in the same game. Uh, for um, I think it's I think it's Pittsburgh and New England. Okay, Th- they go to measure. Yep, and it's so close. Like like I'm telling you, I've never seen seen thousands yeah. of measurements. It's so close that the 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 uh, the referee takes out like an index card that's folded over, and he puts it and he sees if he can if he can fit it between the ball and the pole, <laughs> then then it wouldn't be a first down. But it touched both of them, so they gave him the first down. But he had it folded in half, so it was actually a double thickness. Okay. Like, and there was this whole conversation about, like, what's going on? Oh, for what's God's going sakes. on here? Uh, so that's the first time I've ever seen it. But but if you go on YouTube and put in index card first down, I guarantee you'll find Where is that in the rule book? Oh, my gosh. It was, I think we're making it up as we go now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> that is one thing that I, I appreciate so much about baseball as time goes by is that – they have replay for plays on the bases or in the field. Mm-hmm. But the most essential part of baseball is balls and strikes. And they're fine with a guy, and so are fans. They complain about strike zones on Twitter and all that sure. kind of stuff. But for the most part, it's like, strike. Where was it? It was uh, across the, the letters. No, it wasn't. Was too. <laughs> you know, it's okay, fine. We'll, and, and you'll see guys early in games where they'll have one that they think is low. And you'll hear, you can see a mouth to the ump. And it's like, was that outside corner? Yes, okay. corner. And it's like, okay, so I know from now on that that's I something I have to swing is. at. Yeah. yeah, so it's good enough for baseball. We don't need index cards. <laughs> um, should we really be surprised about Jacksonville and the Los Angeles Rams being good? They've been drafting in the top 10 for yeah, a decade. Um, they should be good by now. What is wrong with the Browns? I think that's the ultimate question when you see the Rams and Jags is how bad must Cleveland be? Well, remember what happened with Cleveland. They brought in a guy by the name of Sashi Brown. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah. And he tried to do with analytics – what Moneyball did yep. for the Oakland A's, and 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 when John Dorsey came in, uh, he basically said, "Listen, I don't know what the numbers said. They just didn't draft real players. Yeah. So uh, you know, they were trying to draft them purely by uh, tangible things: speed, jumping, you know, best athletes. Yeah. But I'm I'm here to tell you, as somebody's coached for a long time, uh, uh, want to do. Yeah. 
beats can do every single time. And and so you just have to have players with a certain literally love the game. And and you hear that over and over again and you, and some people might get sick of it, but it's absolutely yeah. true. There's some people who would who live to stick their nose in uh, to that pile to rip out a fumble and another person who's much stronger goes <laughs> I'm not go- you know he's Cam Newton in the Super yeah. Bowl. I'm yeah. not going in That's there. That's not my ball. I don't want it. Had, had those people ever heard of Mike Mamula before? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh or or all of the players uh who's the the uh Nick Bonacani, like yeah. people who would never pass the 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 measurement yeah. test. Yeah, I mean Nick Bonacani's great cuz he Hall of Fame player doesn't look like it. Mike Mamula looks like a beast and played a couple of years. Yeah, uh, so. you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Yeah, it, I think Jane could have been a better defensive uh, lineman than Mamula sometimes. Um okay, real quick, is that fake spike slant play one of the dumbest plays all season? I feel like I just lost interest in the NFL. Did I m- miss something okay, or is that okay. the Steeler oh, and this is the end okay the sorry I'm just misunderstanding here um I don't necessarily have a problem with it he's a, a hero it's going to be the first or second thing shown on Ben Roethlisberger's Hall of Fame video if it works um the, the, the play calls terrible okay if you want to fake spike it that's fine but it's third down yeah and you can kick a field goal on fourth down yeah you throw a fade to the corner well of the that's that's the thing you're what, throwing that's it over a, the middle of the field is absurd ter- yeah you know, you know late over the middle when you have the end line as the 12th defense yeah it's a terrible call <laughs> so i was getting tired of watching the nfl um even during that game like i said i've seen that matchup so many times so my wife and i went to um, a restaurant and they had it on so i saw the end okay but my reaction when he threw the interception was, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was like, if only it could have preserved the game as a tie. Right. Um, now that Green Bay is out of it, who is your NFC favorite? I'm rooting for the Rams, and I think the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. So I think the Vikings uh, have a real shot, and, and here's why. So, so you really think the Vikings are led by their defense, and, and you know, just like the Jaguars. And they've been drafting defensive players for a really long time. Um, they're, uh, people forget that Case Keenum in, at Houston was a record-setting quarterback. Yep. I mean, I know he was a, a backup for a super long time. Yeah. But, you know, they've got a defense that travels. And you, you can be the first team to ever play the Super Bowl in your home stadium. <sighs> I, I, listen, I, we would all choke really hard. But there's, you know, they've got a... They have not, you know, they have not gotten beaten by a bad team this year. They've no. they're they've beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Saints. Yeah, this is a good football. Yeah. It, you know, I, I choke on it when I say it, but they're a good football team. Yeah, they are. Okay, we got two more comments and then we'll wrap up here. Uh Corey Bend, I've had some dark for a fan thoughts in the last week. After it was announced that Aaron was going to play, I saw a level of bravado from Packers fans that I frankly found irritating. People acting like it was a sure thing that we were going to the, to win out now. I even got a text from a former coworker that basically started with, "So now that we're going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> Um, in the midst of all this, I found myself looking forward to it being over. Following the Bucks and the Blues, my recently claimed NHL team, which was a discussion we had last week all on right. the Facebook page, has been more fun lately, and I wanted to be done with football. And now I am, and I gotta say, I'm a, more than a little bit, or a more than a little relieved. Note that I didn't say I was done with the Packers. No, I'm emotionally done with football until next fall. The Patriots now have the number one seed and will beat the Bills and Jets, which makes them basically unstoppable in the AFC playoffs. And since I have zero interest in watching them pummel another hapless NFC team to win another beep, beep Super Bowl, I doubt I will even watch that game. I'll still watch the last two Packer games, but I won't be invested in the outcome. And frankly, we're better off losing those games. And the future, our worst case scenario is 7-9, and nine, which probably won't force any major name out the door since they won enough games and they can claim to be the victim of injuries. 
Which brings me to the dark thought I've been having. If I'm Aaron, I opt out. No, I'm not kidding. I opt out and walk. If I'm him, my priority is winning another Super Bowl, and I can't do it with this regime. If the defense doesn't stop the Packers in the playoffs, rampant injuries will simply render us overmatched. And since the regime is likely to remain in place, the roster probably won't be turned over in the way that it needs to be either, and Ted's probably going to let the rest of my good offensive linemen walk. Aaron has won a Super Bowl and delivered countless thrills to Packers Nation. He owes nothing to the fans and organizations at this point. In fact, it's the organization that owes him everything and has spent the last seven years failing him to an unforgivable degree, which is why, if I were him, I give serious thought to opting out of my contract, giving Shad Khan a call and saying, four years, $90 million, let's win a couple of Super Bowls. That's the owner of the Jaguars. Yeah. Can, can you see why I'm glad to be done with this? Um, Listen, yeah. I, I, before you made the argument of legacy... I would have agreed with him, yeah. But but I think that's all that's left. When you when you've got a hundred million dollars, when you've got a Super Bowl ring, when you're, you, you know, people are talking about you as the greatest of all time. The only thing that you have left is legacy, and um, and he saw what happened when Favre left, and he kind of very quietly and super professionally kind of rode that kind of like no Packer for life, and and so I think that's the way you ride off in the sunset, and um, you just can't. You just can't tarnish this amazing, beautiful story that is Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. picked 23rd or 24th by the Packers and this storybook ending. So I, I, from a strategic standpoint, it's yeah. the right thing to do. If the only goal is to win Super Bowls, uh, I think you are right, Eric, that, uh, that, that that is not ultimately his goal. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> well Got done. one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I certainly hope I'm right because, um, gosh, I can't go through that again with, with Favre. That was just – that was, that was not heart-wrenching. fun. That was heart-wrenching for sure. All right, Omade Mousley, our last comment. Life is painful, and we just have to go with it. Uh, the game was a mess. Aaron has some rust, but stepped up when he needed to. Geronimo Allison shouldn't get any hate because that was a fantastic defensive play. That's a great point. So, so that's really uh, – that was textbook defense where he hooked him with his left arm to slow him down around the waist, and then you come across the ball with your right arm in a punching motion. Uh, Peanut Tillman did that for yep. a law for a long time and very successful. So some, you know, uh, Geronimo did the right route and he beat him initially, and then the defensive back beat him at the end, and that's just good football. Yes, yeah, so they get paid too. Yep. Um, I hate using cliches. I can't believe I just said that. We should avoid cliches like the play, I think. <laughs> <Fair>, nicely done. <laughs> the defense is still really bad, and they got tortured by both Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. That hit on Devontae Adams was gross. Again, Thomas Davis got rightfully suspended. At this rate, Devontae will be dead by 50 with the amount of hits he's taken so far. This is ridiculous. I can't believe that this is how things are. Davis is a former Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. The class of the NFL is non-existent. We need targeting rules, and Davis feeling bad isn't an excuse for losing or loosening his punishment. If you don't want to feel bad about those hits, then don't pe- hit people in the head. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. Uh, Devontae needs to get a new contract. He has become a star. He is the future of this team, and he deserves all the money he wants and rightfully deserves. Uh, now that I got the recap out of the way, it's time to vent. I started watching football religiously in 2009 when I was nine years old, and the last time the Packers missed the playoffs, I was in third grade. I'm on my winter break of my senior year in high school. No playoffs feels weird, but it's depressing. Now we all get to see Brady get another bleeping Super Bowl. (laughs) I felt the same after this game as I felt after the NFC Championship game in Seattle. What's the point of my heart getting broken every year? I saw the team win it all in 2010, but as a 10-year-old, I didn't really understand how a Super Bowl win felt. It sucks to see this team stagnate. I've, over the course of this season, slowly lost interest in football. This is depressing. I uh, wouldn't have 
to do this if I apologize for what I'm going to say. This bleeping team actually had a bleeping direction. These are in all caps. <laughs> um, we are stuck with Dom. Third downs and actually getting talent for my side of the ball are for chumps, capers, and Ted free agents and bad drafting are what I do, but I drafted Aaron Rodgers so I cannot be touched. Thompson and Mike, my game plan is just do just to let Aaron do what he does and do nothing about my other players because my job is to hold this team back and fat shame Eddie Lacy out of town despite the fact I clearly haven't looked in the mirror McCarthy. Oh, wow. Um, they all have wasted the career of Aaron Rodgers because they can't do anything right. Why do I torture myself every year dealing with how much this team does not care? I still haven't gotten over the loss in Seattle. Why, why, why? Um, I didn't put enough uh, intensity in it, I suspect, but I did the best I could. This is frustrating. I think Aaron Rodgers should give them an ultimatum. Rebuild to win or he should leave. He deserves better. The front office needs to look at themselves in the mirror because they need to change everything about their process. Oh, and Aaron shouldn't play until next year. There's no point in further destroying his career. Hopefully this team can just do something against the Vikings because I don't care anymore about this year. I'll return a diehard Packers fan self next year. All right, so I, I, I'm so grateful for all the comments. Um, sorry that I butchered them as I try to read here on my phone, hoping that it doesn't lose battery. But <laughs> I understand the frustration, um, and, and I share it as well, and I really want to see change. But as we talked before, um, you know, y- you could ruin it. I mean, you have to do it carefully. I, I think McCarthy should stay. I think Thompson probably has the right to stay as long as he wants. Um yeah, you do surgery here, you know, yeah. with a scalpel, not a chainsaw. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, so we, you know, we dissect a couple of pieces out. We're not talking about wholesale change here. Yeah, we're just saying that there, it, it, there's, there's, you know, fifty years at least of football that says there are certain players that you have to have on your team. You have to have yeah. a left tackle. Yeah. You got that. You, yeah, you have to have a quarterback. You got that. You got to have a wide receiver. You got that. You got to have. Uh, a, a beast defensive lineman. You got to have an outside pass rusher. You got to have a shutdown corner. Yeah. And until you get those, it shouldn't be a surprise where we're headed. Yeah. And the sad thing is that this probably will lead to another New England Super Bowl, and then we get to hear about how Tom Brady's the greatest ever. And you know, but this this is pretty right. Do you remember that year when Joe Montana won the Super Bowl when uh, Elway Marino and Marcus Allen and Lawrence Taylor and Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson and Dexter Manley and Ricky Jackson and <laughs> Gerald Riggs and James Brooks and Richard Dent were all hurt? <laughs> I don't know how you remember all <laughs> No, I, that never happened. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Oh, this okay, this year needs it like, wow, I really missed it here. No, the, the, this, I, I would be more willing to give him credit if Deflategate was a real thing. They get more credit for that than they do winning the, you know, zombie Super Bowl. Listen, I would love to see a Rams Patriots Super Bowl. I really would. Go ahead and stop. Todd Gurley, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's what Belichick does. Take take away your best guy. But a really, I mean, really good defenses mm-hmm. really frustrate Brady. Once that get, can get pass rush, you got Aaron Donald's, uh, Donaldson yeah. right in the middle, right rushing, you know, three feet from where Brady takes the snap. I, that seems like it would be a good Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see a – Second-year quarterback that grew up in the state of California with a young-ish coach that's trying to find, um, you know, their place and uh, go in and beat an odds-on favorite in a Rams versus Patriots Super Bowl. 
still. That would be fun. Uh, it would sound an awful lot like 2010. Right? Uh, uh, or, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the 2010 Green Bay Packers? Good. I'll take obscure football facts for 400, please. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I would. I would just love to see that inverse. And yeah, the Rams. Love them uniforms. How could you have that? On? <laughs> um, we'll see. All right. Well, um, I don't know how we're going to treat the last two weeks of the season. Chris and I are both going to watch. Oh my gosh, uh, guys! Just love the Packers. Yeah. Just, just you know, we're out of the playoffs. Totally got it. Uh, pick a couple of players that you really want to see do well, and who are young, and who are up and coming, and and you know. Use the game instead of now that we're out of the playoffs. Study the game. Watch the game differently. Watch the game like a coach would watch the game. That's my 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 uh, advice for you. You know, take a look at the way that we block things. Take a look at the play calling and become a student of the game because you're not going to like the end result of the game anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when we are good again, which hopefully will be very soon next year, you will watch the game in a very different way. Yeah. So that's that's good advice. And you know, it's it's fun sometimes around the holidays to have a team you care about, but you have some consequences for football. You don't have to have the <laughs> angst. You can just sort of watch it. But uh, this is a first for Green and Gold forever. This is the first time in six years that. Um, you know, barring a miracle tonight, uh, not tonight, notwithstanding, they could be done by the time you're right, listening exactly to this. Right, yeah. But certainly, uh, it doesn't look good for the Packers' playoff chances. So they're just playing out the string. I'm going to watch all those games like I've watched the rest of them. But um, as far as what we're going to do with podcasts, I mean, you have one game where our normal day for podcasting is Christmas Day, the other one's New Year's Day. So I don't know what we're going to do sure, for a show for sure. the next two games. But certainly, the Goldie Awards will be coming around in January when we recap the whole season. And, um, Maybe that's the way to do it, actually, just to have one, one recap. Yeah, I think maybe we talk about it then. But we'll see. Um, you know, If you have any ideas for something you'd like us to talk about, um, definitely throw them our way, and we can assess that. But, um, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us on these weekly episodes this season, and I'm sure we'll talk to you very soon. But uh, thanks for all your help, and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Wow, this has been so much fun. I, I have to tell you, I've had lots of football experiences in my life. But um, I've really enjoyed this, and I, I appreciate the, the, the listeners allowing me in, some guy you've never met. And um, I really enjoyed it. And i got to tell you, you have smart fans. <laughs> like, like this show has really, really smart fans because the observations and the questions are really in-depth. So mm-hmm. really my pleasure. Thank you very much. I wish you a Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to communicate with us, you can do so on the Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast. You can tweet at me at Green Gold Forever. That's the number four. Number four. I don't even have a funny number four thing to, to say here. So, um, yeah. uh, four turnovers in their loss. Four turnovers <laughs> in their loss. There you go. That's That was a rough one. Um, and you can uh, download or follow the podcast uh, on your mobile device by uh, following us on iTunes and uh, on the Podbean app. So please subscribe to us on those uh your preferred platform and then rate us and review us on whatever platform you describe. That would be much appreciated. And also go to the website at greengoldforever.podbean.com. You have our complete archives on there as well as some articles that we've written in the past. Maybe I'll come up with something to write about for the Super Bowls. I always like to have Super Bowl history and there's some fun um, Super Bowl from alternate universe kind of stuff on the <laughs> yeah. website. So uh, go there. But uh, again, we're not done this year. The Goldie Awards, which is bigger than anything the Packers could have done in the playoffs anyways. Yeah, I think there's the, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, and then the Goldies is a, is a, it's a very close third. 
No, 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 no. There, I think you got the order oh my wrong. God, no, the, right. the Goldies are number one. I'm yeah. terribly sorry. About yeah. my fault. Well, you've been talking I'm, to the I'm wrong. I'm new. Yeah, I'm new. So I'm, I'll just say I'm a rookie. You, you've been traveling the country and talking to the right. wrong people. I mean, they they try to lie to make themselves feel more important. But the Goldies are the bigger. All right, fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to us this season and. Uh, Keep keep in touch with us on uh, social media. And, um, man, this is a rough one, but keep 2018, we'll have our guy back. Keep we'll your faith. Keep our faith. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.